Welcome to this edition of the Morrinsville Baptist Podcast. Uh, It's great to have you listening in and we hope that this message comes as a great encouragement and blessing to you. Uh, If you'd like to know any more information about Morrinsville Baptist Church, please check out our website at www.morrinsvillebaptist.com. Well, today's a bit of the day after, isn't it? I was a bit tired in the afternoon, it was pretty hot, I actually <laughs> dozed off for a few minutes yesterday afternoon, just in all that, that heat, and then after having a really great um, Christmas lunch, which Judy did a phenomenal job of, um, of preparing and all that heat, and I'm sure it was the same in many other households. And so people would have had food and drink yesterday, fun, presents, joy, even some coming here yesterday morning. But there's also been some sadness, perhaps, in some places, missing loved ones this year. Tension in some households. It's part of this gathering together at Christmas. But what struck me during the week is, uh, I saw, I think it was on Tuesday night, uh, they had a little segment on, on the news saying that Christmas is the world's greatest annual environmental disaster. You heard of that? <laughs> what did you see that? They suggested that an additional 20 to 30% of waste is generated at Christmas. In New Zealand, 1,600 tonnes of trees, 10,000 trees, simply for wrapping gifts at Christmas. 100 million New Zealand dollars spent on extra food, and a third of it thrown out. Many gifts will be appearing on Trade Me today, and some toys may end up uh, in the bin. And so I was just just pondering on that, and uh, one of the persons they interviewed said, this Christmas, perhaps we not ought to um, focus on the presents and the gift-giving, but focus on presence, the presence of people. And I thought, that's good, because... It's also about the presence of God at Christmas as well, Emmanuel. And so that's advice, advice that we could all, all heed. And we're thankful because we know that as the world worries about an environmental disaster, we know that there is a saviour and our confidence is in him. So we should be agreeing with some of these things, but we know that there is an answer. But it's easy for us in the midst of all that's going on, the busyness of life, trying to juggle families, work, the COVID virus, all these things can just easily weigh us down with anxiety. And the Bible says anxiety and busyness, tiredness can weigh on our heart and and depress us. And uh, we need to remember in the midst of all that that we're actually still in a battle and it's still on. And so we need to have our our wits about us at, at this time of year as well as into the new year. I mentioned, I think it was last year, how we talk about battles and about victory. It was that in World War II, the Allies in Western Europe invaded on the 6th of June 1944 to Western Europe. And Eisenhower, the commander of the forces, knew when that was successful, victory was assured. But it was going to take some time for that victory to be worked out. And it would be a year to, to 14 months before peace came. 
And in one sense, we're here as celebrating Christmas. We're here knowing that Jesus' first coming, he has won, he has won the war. And when he comes back, it will be final. And so we're living in this essence between that, his first coming and his second coming, and that there are two kingdoms at hand, which kind of explains kind of the challenges that we face in this world. And so it's an opportunity for us at this time of year to reflect and make sure that we're equipped for the times that we're living in. Because how can you fight an enemy if you don't know what you believe in? And in this year, we've seen so much about misinformation. Every day on the news, fake news has become a common word. And we need to guard, although there is plenty of fake news and we know that, that we don't become so cynical that we start thinking that everything is fake news. Because we believe in absolute truth, the truth of the gospel. And so we don't want to start talking about there is no truth at all, because we believe there is absolute truth. To remind us as we end this year, Jesus, as Christians, we believe Jesus is the Son of God, born of a virgin. It tells, of, it tells of his deity, his humanity. No negotiation. Jesus atoned for our sins. His blood, his sacrifice brought that. He was raised on the third day. Death defeated his resurrection proof of his claims. Absolute truth. That Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. One God, yet three persons, with the Holy Spirit too. And we believe in Advent, Jesus' first coming. But Advent is also about his return, his second coming, which will be with power and glory. We're called to believe that the Bible is the word of God and that we can stand on its authority. What would we know of Jesus if none of us had any Bibles? What would we have been doing yesterday? And if we don't have a high view of Scripture, how can we lead others in difficult times and point them to the truth? And so Scripture also tells us to put some armor on. One of the things is, is having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace so that we can stand firm in that truth just talked about enables us to stand against the tactics of an enemy who wants us to be knocked down and feel disabled. And we don't get into a fight with an enemy in bare feet. As farmers in winter, would you go out in bare feet trying to uh, move your, the cows around? You put your gumboots on, don't you? And the same in the battle and the challenges we face is that we need to be rightly clothed and equipped. And so just briefly this morning, and we're going to go into next week, I just want to consider how we can be best equipped in this year ahead because we are a people living in victory. Do you believe that? And so we need to walk in that. And so this week, I just want to remember, we can stand on God's word. 
as we just talked about God's wonder, we just want to remember again that God's incredible creation it speaks to us of his greatness and his power, but also the victory that Jesus has won for us, what he has done, and we can have confidence in those. Next week, we're going to talk about a victory in, in how knowing God and knowing ourselves better through the Bible equips us to walk in victory between these two kingdoms that we're living in. And so I just want to start just thinking about creation. It's just wonderful to sing this morning about the awe of God. Let's go to the next picture here. Here's a picture from the, of the earth from the moon taken by a Colonel James Irwin who walked on the moon, a committed Christian. Now this, when I was younger, was my dream job. Before I got this calling, I used to say to our kids that NASA had offered me a job but I couldn't take it because I wore glasses, because you couldn't have glasses with a helmet in, in space. And so, but I would love to have been up there and just look back at uh, the glory and the majesty of what God has done. And as James Irwin just looked back at the earth, he reflected that we live in a world with, it, with a withered sense of wonder. We can forget just how majestic things are. And his comment was a pinpoint assessment that often we're living now in generations and times where we're drowning in information, yet starved of knowledge, of real knowledge, of relational knowledge, relational truth. And so he reflected, where is that wonder gone? Now we do see it in pockets of that in the next slide here. On here, on the next slide here. It's the wonder of new life. Isn't it amazing? A baby in the womb, only a number of weeks old, and um, yet yeah, we're seeing God's creative power there, the newborns. Our kids yesterday would have been excited about the wonder of opening presents. We get a wonder, a sense, when there are weddings, first love, when we're reunited by absences. just brings a wonder to us, but it's very easy for us in the business of life, and the drudgery sometimes of life, that we forget that wonder of who God is. And the greatest wonder of all this, this Christmas is a baby born in a backwater of the Mediterranean. The God-man, Jesus of Nazareth, and the angels would declare who he is. And we talked a little bit about that of yesterday. Colonel Irwin is a Christian who believed in the mystery of our universe and in its maker. Incredibly smart man, scientist, explorer. And he looked around and he could see God's fingerprints over creation. And another man who's uh, not well known but has had an effect on the... On the um, on our understanding space and being able to travel into space was Professor Sir Robert Boyd. He's a professor of astrophysics. I knew someone who did that, really smart guy. But smart doesn't make you wise, does it? But Professor Boyd was wise, and he wrote a poem called Creation, which I just want to read out now. Here is a man, and like Colonel Irwin, Incredibly intelligent, 
but wise because they could see God's hand, handprints, fingerprints over our creation. And uh, Sir Robert Boyd said this in a poem, the mystery of being still unsolved by all our science and philosophy fills me with breathless wonder and the God from whom it all continually proceeds calls forth my worship and shall worship have. But love in, in, in incarnation draws my soul to humble adoration of a babe. In this was manifest the love of God. Just really beautiful. He wrote it for Christmas. And so um, these great scientists, explorers, were humbled by the wonder of creation. They knew that the laws around, there must be a lawgiver. And um, we don't want to lose that sense of wonder, what God is doing around us and how mighty and majestic he is. Because that gives us confidence, doesn't it? You know how great God is. And just to worship him as we were doing this morning, to marvel at his greatness. And yet the world, as we know, is not right, perfect right now, but it will be. And so the, the final book of the, of the Bible has a strong focus on remembering the victory that Christ has won for us. One of the key themes of the book of Revelation is endure patiently. Does anyone know what endure means? Does anyone know what patient means? So we bring them together. That's a catch cry of the book of Revelation, is endure patiently through trials and troubles. Because when you have your eyes on the victory Christ has won, we can do that. So up here, you'll see here, can anyone know what that tick sign represents? Nike, that's right. Some of you remember this, this slide from, um, I think it was last year, time goes so fast. That's, uh, from, that, that statue there is uh, the, the goddess of victory, Nike, Nike, in Ephesus. And so some businessmen decided that's a sign of success, so let's make some sportswear, sports equipment with that branding identity of success. And so, me just putting up here, I don't think these will fit me though, me just putting up here on, of Nike shorts, there's a tick mark there. These are my, one of my sons. He did give me permission. But putting these on doesn't give me victory. It creates an image of success, doesn't it? But one day, my son will outgrow these. And they'll go, won't they? They'll be in the bin. But we have that image of success here. But Revelation and the Bible tells us of a greater victory. And here we remember that. Here. And the word that Nike is used, its root word in Greek, is Nike. One of its derivatives of victorious is Nikau here. 
And we find this word coming up in Revelation quite frequently. So I just want to read some scriptures in a minute. Just to remind us here, we have a call to victory. I just want to read here. Here, we see here that the greatest victory of all was a lion and a lamb and a cross. They sound like they seem stupid, don't they, in themselves? Signs of weakness. But it says in Revelation 17:4, though they will wage war against the lamb, but the lamb will triumph. And the word is Nikal, which we get Nike over them, because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And with him will be called his chosen and faithful followers. Don't you want to be behind someone like that? Lord of Lords, King of Kings. And so this exhortation, when we're living in challenging times as they were when the book of Revelation was written, this word keeps popping up. It was written to the seven churches. Each church, be victorious. Let's just see what Jesus, how Jesus encourages each of those churches. So I want to read some verses out here. To the church at Ephesus, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, Nike, Nikau, I will give the right eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. What an amazing promise. To the church of Smyrna, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. The word Nikau. To Pergamon, to the one who is victorious, Nike. I will give some of the hidden mana. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it. To the church of Thyatira, to the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations, just as I have received authority from my Father. The same word. To the church at Sardis, the one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. To the smallest church of the seven, perhaps the, the weakest in the human sense, Philadelphia, the one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. They'll be victorious. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will write, also write on them my new name. To the church of Laodicea, which has... Some pretty strong rebukes. And yet Jesus says to them, to the one who is victorious, Nike, Nikau, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on the throne. Of Jesus in heaven, one of the elders said to me, do not weep says to John, see, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. And again, it's that same word. Nike, Nikau, triumph, victory, overcoming. He is able to open the, the scroll and its seven seals of God's people. Trusting in that. 
They triumphed Nike victorious over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. We've read 17.4 already, so I'll just read the last one again after speaking of Jesus, Lord of Lords, Lamb and uh, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, of God's people. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. I will be their God and they will be my children. Isn't that amazing? Here is talk of victory of God's people. Do you feel that victorious? Doesn't feel like it some days, does it? We feel feel a whole lot of other things, but often we don't feel victorious, do we? Not our victory, but it's Christ's victory that he has won for us. And so we're called to put that victory on display. You think of people running around parading this symbol of success, of victory. You know, it's flash expensive as well, isn't it? Typically, Nike. It's an opportunity sometimes for us to tell us, tell people who the real victor is in Jesus Christ. Do you have confidence in that? Do you believe he is King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And for all those promises we've read will be inherited by his followers. And so as I said, these are going to go. They're going to go in a year or two. But the promises we're called to are eternal. But we start walking in them now in his victory Jesus brought us peace 2,000 years ago is coming and so we are the real victors and so I know some people wear a cross or some symbol of their Christianity but the ultimate display of who Jesus is it says in the New Testament adorn Christ put him on the power of the Holy Spirit so that people can see what he is like and our confidence is in him and that he is coming back. And so in the meantime, we're called to patiently endure, which isn't much fun, is it? No one likes to be patient. We always want to, we ask God, we usually want it by tomorrow, don't we? Whatever we pray for. But we're called to endure And so, we can do that as we look at this new year. We don't know what this new year brings, but we can have confidence in the victory. Are you proud of what Jesus has done for you? Let's put him on display. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we we won't make mistakes. We do make mistakes. But we have a way to deal with that, don't we? And in humility... We need to say sorry to someone. We can do that because we know how much God has forgiven us. And so, in this week ahead, in the year ahead, people of this world will often say, I'm finding life really tough under my circumstances. 
You heard that saying? We, as Christians, ought not to be under circumstances. Why? Because we stand on Christ. And if we stand on Christ, we are over our circumstances because of his victory, of him in the business of changing and transforming us. Now, that's going to carry on. And so this is not something about not to be arrogant, not to be swagger, or, you know, but Jesus did this in humility. And, there's a, and that's what we need to remember. We're talking about boasting in his victory and what he has done. And so we speak of these things with humility, but in confidence. And the world needs to see that in this year ahead of all the uncertainty going on. And so I sometimes say to people, how are you doing? You know, under the pump? I have to say, I, I, I try and remember to say, because of Jesus, I'm over my circumstances. He'll help me a way through. You know, when we, we're struggling, when we're facing difficulty, whether it's work, families, he will help us through those things. Just need to ask. We can do that, can't we? Because we have the ear of the King of Kings. And so think of that in this year ahead. Put Christ on display. Because we are a people walking in victory. And Satan wants you to think that victory doesn't belong to you. He's the father of lies. And will do whatever he can to distort truth, to confuse, to depress people, to think you're on your own, that you're isolated. And that when people you know, give you a hard time for your faith or, or your, your, your silly believing in something like that, he wants you to be depressed and be under your circumstances. I love people like Colonel Irwin, Professor Boyd, incredibly wise scientists, explorers, who give glory to God when they look around and marvel at the wonder of his creation. That couldn't happen without a lawgiver, without a maker, and to be confident in talking to people. So that's part of our challenge. Next week, I said we're going to talk about knowing God, knowing ourselves better to help us to walk in those things because it's a battle and we need to patiently endure. So we're going to look at that next week. And so we can have confidence. And so I encourage each of you, remember the victory, the Nike that God has, has, has won for us. And wherever you see that, think about an opportunity to talk about Jesus. He's the real victor. So just, um, just uh, pray now about that. Jesus, we want to thank you for the victory you have won. And Lord, that process, Lord, had a, a milestone, a key point when you became human 2,000 years ago and will be fulfilled in power and glory. And we thank you for the wonder of that. And Lord, we pray in the meantime that you would help us to walk in the truth of who you are, what you have done for us the wonder of your creation. And Lord, for the inheritance that we have, may that spur us on today and in the days ahead, because you are mighty, you are majestic. And we thank you for that. And we praise your majestic name. So Father, as we would go from here, would you help us, Lord, to be able to walk in that victory with humility but in confidence. 
And Lord, may we take that out to those around us who do not know you. We thank you and bless you and repay you. Because Lord, uh, we can't repay you. We thank you for what you've done for us. And Lord, uh, may we live that and put you on display in the days ahead. And Lord, we pray we'd remember to put our armor on each day as we walk through this, this battle between the two kingdoms. And we say hallelujah for Jesus is victory. He is Lord of lords. He is King of kings. He is victorious. Hallelujah and amen. Thank you, Lord. Anyone wants to talk about those things more, please come and talk to one of us. But go out in confidence because of one that we have a privilege of knowing who God is. So thank you for your time this morning. And God willing, we see you next week. Thank you. Okay, I'll just let Julie just come up just to say one final thing.